All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first ever live version of or live recording streaming edition of the Grand Chasing Grand Champ podcast. Sorry, doing this live is just a completely different thing. I can't mess up. I just got to go with me. As you can see on the screen, if you're here watching, <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, uh, he just waved, which uh, just imagine Verge waving on the screen. But with me, I have the, I mean, I, I don't even know how to say it. Like you are, when people talk about Rocket League coaches right now, I feel like you are just one of the main ones that comes to mind. You know, you have the great YouTube channel. You just got the huge gig with Dignitas. Uh, you have coached tons and tons of people. Anyways, Verge, thank you so much for uh, welcoming or joining me here on the, the Chasing Grand Champ podcast. Look at yeah, me. No. I can hardly handle myself. <laughs> thanks for having me. Uh, and thanks for such a warm welcome, I guess, is what you were trying to get me to say, huh? <laughs> uh, no, no. I just... I uh, I appreciate anybody that is willing to come and hang out with me for a little while and talk Rocket League, especially someone as busy as yourself in the heat of an RLCS season. Uh, and as you said before, you were just with uh, somebody coaching right before this, so you got a lot going on. So it means a lot for you to come hang out with just the random guy that asks you to uh, talk with about Rocket League with. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love Rocket League, so I love talking to Rocket League with anybody. But uh, when, when Corelli just told me a little bit about the show and, and uh, you know, explained a little bit about it and a little bit about you and, and what you've done in the past and stuff, I just I figured, yeah, it'd be a great opportunity to, one, you know, maybe, I mean, I don't think I've ever done one of these before. Uh, I've never been, like, interviewed or pod, on a podcast or whatever. Uh, it'd be a good experience just to get an interview like that uh, and get used to that. Um, but also, I just uh, I want to be able to help out anybody who's trying to do content for Rocket League in general. I think that you know uh, anybody can help each other out, or everybody can help each other out, rather than um, you know, yeah, I'm busy, but we we figured it out. Like we made time for it. We we found a spot that works. Yeah, and uh, I think this is a good show of something that can be put to use in Rocket League as well. Uh, just being persistent, because I think I sent you at least three or four messages uh, before yeah. you actually responded. So just continually following through, not giving up. Uh, yeah, just just, just be annoying as possible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, it, it is true. Like, that's something that my mom kind of instilled into me at a young age. Is like, if you want something, don't give up just because you don't get it. Like, don't stop until you get it. So, um, and, and it, it isn't bothering me at, in any way. Um, it's just I get so many messages; it's hard to keep up with them all sometimes. So, oh, I'm um, I'm sure. Yeah, I I totally get that. And uh, I used to be in sales, which is you know something else that you have to be pretty persistent at. Right. And the thing that I always told myself was, I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to send messages to somebody. I'm going to do whatever I can do, you know, without being completely obnoxious and uh, overbearing until somebody tells me not to. Right. Like stop calling. That's what I did um, with one of my first jobs uh, at a restaurant. I had no restaurant experience. Um, I, there was no reason they should have hired me, um, but I put in my application and I called them every day for a week until they finally gave me an interview uh, and they hired me and it ended up being, they wanted me to move up to management eventually. So it was just persistence. That's all it is. You just, you, if you show somebody you want something, eventually they'll give it to you. And, and the same thing for you is like, I could tell you really wanted to do something like this or do this podcast. And so I was like, well, if he wants it this bad, you know, there's a reason. So let's do it. 
Yeah, I well, hey, we're already doing it. We're doing it right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think I would be interested to know or uh, tell me a little bit about how that persistence that you obviously have and learn from, uh, you know, growing up in your in your mom, how that has shown up so far in your Rocket League career. Uh, it's actually the reason that I have a career in the first place at all in Rocket League. Um, uh, like I said, if like my mom always said, if you want something, don't give up until you get it. Uh, and as soon as I started playing Rocket League, I knew that this was a game that I wanted to spend a lot of time on. Um, but I quickly realized that if I wanted to spend as much time on it as I was at the time, I'd have to find a way to you know, replace my job with it because my job was taking up more time uh, with the more bills and bills that I you know, gathered as I grew older and just I became an adult, moved out on my own and stuff. Um, I just found less and less time to play Rocket League and more and more time needing to work. Uh, and so I just told myself, you know, if, if I'm ever going to make it in Rocket League or if I'm ever going to do anything with Rocket League, I have to find a way to make it replace my job. And so I just, you know, pushed and pushed and pushed. There was this is way back in the day. Um, I'm sure some people remember Fibion. Uh, this is that's how I got my start in Rocket League is Fibion had a post on Reddit and it was looking for like a B team or a C team or something. Um, and I messaged the guy and said, hey, look, um, you know, I'm I'm looking, I'm interested in, in joining a team because I knew that, you know, I wasn't necessarily so interested in joining a C team or a B team, but I knew that if there was those two teams, that meant there was an A team and an A team is going to be good players. So um, I wanted to be around those players. I wanted to learn from them and get better. And so I messaged the guy, he said, sorry, we're, we've, we've got every slot filled. And I said, look, just give me the chance. And I promise, you know, you won't, you won't regret it. You won't like, uh, you'll be happy that you gave me the chance and this and that. And a few days go by and he doesn't answer. And so I just I kept hitting him up until eventually he gave me a shot. And then uh, they picked me up, put me up on the, on the empty slot on the C team. <laughs> and hmm. uh, I just, from there, ended up trying my best to interact with the people that were around me as much as I could. Cause I, I knew that was my opportunity to, to learn from people better than me. Um, and from there I ended up meeting Ty Not Tyler and C Bass and Illusion. And those were the first guys that I ended up working with, with Allegiance. Um, but it was all just because this guy who told me that they didn't have a slot left, I just, I, I went after it. I was like, look, you know what? I won it. So <laughs> you got to give it to me, man. <laughs> now, how, how long ago was that? Oh man, this was... Uh, like, when did you start playing? Okay, I started playing the week the game came out. Um, okay. It came out, and that week I got it maybe like three or four days after it came out. I saw it on Steam. Uh, and I've been playing soccer my whole life. Um and I just, I was like, this is interesting. This is cool. A soccer game that you play with cars. That's, that's weird, but it's cool. Let's get it. So I got it, convinced all my friends to get it. I loved it. They all hated it. They thought it was just all pure luck and, and dumb. <laughs> and I was, I was like, man, this sucks. Like, I love this game. My friends hate it, but whatever. So they all refunded it. They stopped playing it. And we all played League of Legends together. Uh, and so I went back to playing League with them because they didn't want to play this game. And I, I wanted to play games with my friends. But in between every league game that we played, I, while we were searching for a game, I would play one game of Rocket League. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and so for the first year that I had this game, I was just playing, you know, one or two games a night in between League of Legends games. Uh, but eventually I just I found myself having more fun in the five minutes of Rocket League than the 45 minutes of League of Legends that we were playing. So I was just looking forward to the Rocket League after every game. And so I finally told him, I was like, guys, you know what? Like, I, I know you don't like this game. Uh, I know you guys are going to keep playing league, but I just, I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to go play Rocket League all the time. And they're like, all right, man, you do you. So I just, I focus on Rocket League. I, I enjoy it a lot. And 
And in that time that I was playing, you know, a few games in between league, I, I hit grand champ and I was surprised. I was like, you know what? I, I wasn't even really pushing myself. So I'm, I'm surprised I made it this far. I would love to see how far I can make it if I pushed myself. So that was the moment I told them that I'm going to just play Rocket League. Uh, and I did, and I focused on it and I just, I kept getting better. Uh, and I kept finding the right people to put myself around to learn from. Um, and I just, I knew it wasn't going to be something that I could do on my own. I would have to kind of, um, you know, f- find people that would help me. And, and, and Ty, Ty was probably the, Ty is the reason. I mean, him and I met pretty naturally. We, we ended up becoming pretty good friends. And from there, it just developed into me um, helping them with the negotiating with the orgs and the orgs liking the work ethic I put in to try and get them a good deal. Um, just because they were my friends, I was trying to look out for them. Uh, and that ended in Allegiance offering to bring me on as their manager. Um, and I took it and it was a part-time gig. Um, but quickly afterwards, they realized that I was grand champ. And so they asked, and not not anything special, but just uh, grand champ. And, and they asked if I could coach the team. I said, you know what, I've never done it before, but you know, I'll give it a shot. Why not? And so maybe for the first six months of doing it, um, I didn't really coach them. I was more so like practicing as a coach trying to make sure that I knew what I was doing before I really started like telling them what to do. Um, and so for the first six months of it, it was just like grinding and practicing. And if you go back and look at the history, like on my stream, I don't know if it's still there, but like I used to do free replay analysis on my stream cause I was trying to get better at it. Um, I just, I, I did everything for free as much as I could just so I could get practice. Um, and eventually I got the confidence to like tell them like, Hey guys, you know, I, I know what I'm talking about. Um, and from there it just turned into me coaching them and, and, me seeing the help that it gave them and understanding like, okay, well, coaching could be a really big thing in Rocket League because of how similar it is to sports. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I started telling myself, you know what, this, maybe this is my calling for Rocket League. Like I, maybe I can't go pro. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe uh, I ended up getting a hand injuries where uh, I've got like uh, tendons that kind of are locked up every now and then. And it's just, it makes mm. um, putting hours into the game a little bit more difficult. It makes certain mechanics a little bit more difficult. So I just, everything kind of lined up to where it was like, I can spend a lot of time watching replays without hurting my hands, without needing to be good at the game uh, mechanically uh, and just understanding it. I can sit there and watch replays and tell them how they can fix things. Um, and so that kind of gave me some confidence with it. I ended up working with Sunless on a video and it got a really good response. So that gave me some confidence as well. Um, but it just turned into me going, you know what? I don't think that Rocket League, like I don't think people see coaching the potential it has yet. And so I just, I was like, if I'm going to be a Rocket League coach, I want to be the Rocket League coach. Like, I want to be the guy who's like, you know, when you think of a Rocket League coach, you think of this guy because he did it first. And, and I'm not saying I was the first coach out there um, by any means, but I was definitely one of the, the very few first that kind of started doing it full time. Um, and, and I just, I knew that I had an opportunity that not a lot of people had. I had the opportunity to sit there and spend my entire day practicing it. Um, so I would just sit there all day and, and stream and do replay analysis and, and just find ways to get better as a coach um, and just push myself to be better and better every day. And, and eventually got to the point where I was so confident that I applied for Dignitas and well, here we are. <laughs> yeah. I, well, and I mean, there's, there's so much good stuff there. I think, first of all, just going all the way back to what you said about basically being you created your own grind for yourself like you wanted to get better you wanted to do everything that you could do you wanted to learn how to be a better coach and you went after it i think the interesting thing is so many people 
just kind of choose that they want to coach or like say, oh, I'm going to be a Rocket League coach. Uh, and they kind of make that choice, but you fell into it and then you ran with it. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 always been kind of like my personality to help anybody that I can, uh, that like I'm able to. Um, I've always enjoyed helping other people. So it, it did kind of fit when they asked me. I was like, you know, it's, that's kind of interesting. I would like that. I'd like to do that. Um, but it was also a thing where I struggled to find, like before Ty, before I met Ty um, and, and Aleutian and Seabass, I really struggled to find people who were open to helping me. Um, and that kind of made me sad because I was like, man, I'm, I'm losing passion for this game that I really love. And it, it makes me like really happy. I have a lot of fun on it, but I'm losing passion for it because there's so many people out there that like seem like they don't want to see me succeed um, because I'm not in their clique or I'm not like one of the best players in the world. So why help me? Um, and so because of that, I kind of just like, I was like, you know what, if I ever find myself in the position to where I have put tons of time into this game and I can offer people some help that'll save them some time and in, in turn help them enjoy the game more, then I'm going to take that opportunity and I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can with it. Just because, you know, for me, it's just, it was a situation I was in and I understood and I just, I didn't want somebody else to lose that drive um, because they were going through what I was going through. So it was, uh, you know, on top of that was another reason why I worked so hard for is because when it did fall into my lap, it was like, man, this is the opportunity I was telling myself about. Like I was, I was talking about this a year ago and look at it, it's right here. So I just, I can't, you know, I have to do everything I can to make the most of it. Um, so it was, it was something that I kind of had in the back of my mind as like a possibility um, for a while, but it just, it never seemed like it would become a reality. And, and the moment it did, I just, I, I knew that if I didn't work as hard as I could to, to be the best at it, that someone else would. That's such a, that's such a good story about perseverance and moving through something and, and seeing out to its conclusion, because so many people will put in time, you know, how many people do you see start streaming or start doing stuff on YouTube or, you know, start the, start the grind, whatever it might be. And then just when it might get a little bit hard or something doesn't come as naturally or easily as you think it should, they give up when, you know, if they just spent one more week or put out one more video or did one more thing, you know, they could have broken through. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, I mean, I look back all the time and I think about it because uh, I was actually at work when I was messaging this guy on Fibion, which again, if you guys know about Fibion, we all know that <laughs> we don't like Fibion, but uh, back then we didn't know. We were, we were ignorant to the fact that the org owner was the way he was. And anyway, uh, back then it was just ignorance. So I was just messaging this guy at work and I was going to the bathroom hiding from my manager so I could sit there and text him. And so I just think back all the time about like, what if I waited until I got home? Like, what if I didn't message him like immediately over and over and over? And what if I just let that opportunity slip away? Like, where would I be today? Um, and so I just, it's something that I do think about a lot is like, that's something that I think back on anytime I'm thinking about like waiting. It's like, ah, I could do it later. Well, if I do it later, maybe I miss an opportunity that I wouldn't have had. So it definitely has helped me to push myself. It's almost like there, like there's just a little bit of, I mean, it's not quite to the point where ignorance is bliss, but just like not knowing of a traditional route or a normal way of doing things. Like all you could see was what you wanted and you weren't going to let anything get in the way of you getting there. Right. Absolutely. Where some people might, 
take like a lack of response as, oh, they're ignoring me or they don't want to talk to me or that's a no or something like that. Like it was just go, go, go until somebody tells me otherwise. Right. And that's like, that's what my mom said is like, you, if, if you want something, you'll get it right. But there's no reason to not ask for it because the only thing that somebody could ever tell you that would be the worst thing in the world would be no. And if they tell you no, well, where's the harm? Like you asked, you got told no and you move on just like you would have if you didn't ask. So you're still um, going to wake up tomorrow. Right, exactly. And so after I just, no. I, I kept going until I got a no and I just never did. <laughs> Feels good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I did get like hinted, but he didn't say no. So I was like, you know what? He hasn't said it yet. I'm just going to keep going. Well, and even so, like you you it hasn't been without bumps Mm -hmm. like allegiance getting into rlcs and then falling out of rlcs and then the org just completely you know disbanding like that is a thing that was definitely a down point where you had something great and then all of a sudden it was gone and you had nothing at all i thought it was over (laughs) yeah and look at i mean look at you now obviously it was great to be with allegiance but I'm sure it's not that bad to be with Dignitas either. <laughs> ah, it's got its ups and downs. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, the the org is great. I love the org. The players are awesome. Uh, I've made some, you know, I've made pretty good friends with the players, and and I'm really, really happy to be with them um, as part of their team, and and they make me feel really welcome. And the org does so much just to make sure that I'm happy with them. So uh, I, I could not be happier with Dignitas in any way. Um, but I think I, I think I remembered seeing the uh, swag bag on Twitter as well. So <laughs> yeah, they hooked I mean, it up. Definitely. That's nice. Yeah, for that's sure. That's cool. Uh, it was super cool. I got. I mean, actually, I'm actually talking about it. I don't, I don't know if you can see it in the camera, but uh, it's a, a HyperX microphone. Like they, they sent yeah. me this out. It's. I mean, it's it's so much better than the the Blue Yeti I had. The, the headset they sent me. I'm, I'm wearing it now. The keyboard I'm using it. Like everything they sent me is just great. Super great quality. Uh, Dignitas sent me some apparel like the jacket i'm wearing right now if you guys want to go pick it up on the store make sure you use code verge uh-huh. discount uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but no that like they hooked me up for sure like they don't have to do any of this because i'm just i mean realistically like I, I, i'm just a rocket league coach it's not like I, I mean yes there is like a little bit of value with my brand and like i do have you know i'm a talent i guess is is the way that an org sees it but at the same time it's like I am kind of uh, expendable. Like if they really needed another Rocket League coach, it's not the end of the world. But whereas like a player is like, well, if this is our star player, we want to keep him. So it's it's really cool that they're doing this, even though they don't have to. Um, yeah. They know that I'd be, you know, they know I would stick around without it. So it's like the fact that they do it is just, it, it just adds to the fact that they're doing it because they take care of their own. Yeah. And it's nice to provide that value. Uh, to show, I mean, to make you feel valued and a part of the team, right, then you're going to perform that much better. Yeah, they definitely make me feel valuable. So it's uh, it's a really great experience with these guys. But yeah, going back to the whole Legion shutting down, like genuinely thought that was the end of it. I was like, man, I had I had the dream job. I had a job in esports. I had a career, uh, and I, I was doing it for like a year and a half, two years. And I was like, man, there's just there's nothing that could go wrong because the the org is owned by the people who own Optic, and so I was like. We're not shutting down anytime soon. Optics going to be around forever, which I, oh, I had no idea that was the case. Yeah, so uh, Allegiance was owned by Infinite Esports, um, and Infinite Esports owned Optic Gaming as well. They owned Obey uh, and a few other um, huh. names as well. But that's that was like my thought process was, man, if if they're investing money into Optic and they own us as well, like we're not going anywhere. Um, but I don't know if the you know if everybody knows about it, but Optic is either shutting down or has shut down or something. Um, 
because Infinite sold them as well. Like when 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 they sold Allegiance, they also sold Optic. So it was just such a a blindside when it happened. Uh, it was like, man, huh. I just. And so I was, you know, about to move home, back home, and just get back onto the track I was on before, which was just a restaurant job, just making money to go to school, um, which I didn't enjoy. I wasn't really happy with the the education I was getting. It just felt like uh, high school all over again, um, and. So I was just like really, really down about it. I was like, man, this is, this is the end of it. And, you know, I, I had a run, I had a taste of it. I, I got a chance to do it, which is great. I, I have the experience, but now it's back to life and, and that sucks. And, and I wish that I could keep doing it. And then uh, about a, a week into it, uh, after Alicia shut down, I was just like, you know, why am I sitting here moping around, like saying this is the end of it? Because that's just that's just the beginning. Like that's just the stepping stone. I could I could use this as just an addition to my resume. And now I have experience. And now I have, you know, who can say they have the experience that I have going into uh, applying for another coaching job? Or, or who can who can say that they've done what I've done? And so as far as a candidate goes, I'm I'm up there. Like I'm I'm competing. So I, I told Katie, I, uh, my girlfriend, um, we've been together five years, and she moved up to the Texas apartments with me when Allegiance moved us up. Um, and we were getting ready to, Oh wow. Allegiance moved you somewhere. Yeah. They put us up in apartments at the uh, facility. Oh wow. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, like I said, it was just like the dream that we had personal trainers that we would go to the office and meet with every, every day. Uh, we have like lunch prepared for us. It was like healthy meals every day. It was just, I mean, it's great. Like, Oh man, you were really living it, weren't you? Right. And that's what I was like, I was so sad about missing out on that now that it was closed out, but um, I told Katie, I was like, look, Katie, I know that this is like a really big risk and I understand if you don't want to take it, but I think I can make it back. I think I can, I think I can push myself to, to make something of myself again outside of allegiance. Um, and she said, you know what? I trust you. I think that, uh, you know, I think you're, you're passionate about it. I think that you've got a lot of, um, ambition for it. And, and I think that you could do it too. And so she stood behind me. We stayed up here in Texas just cause this is, uh, the esports capital of, the u.s right now so it was just the most opportunity um and so she stayed with me and and, and not, i don't mean like break up but she st- she lived with me she stayed here and uh mm. and that's when i was just doing gamers ready i did gamers ready full time i just s- pushed it super hard i focused on youtube uh and i focused on streaming as much as i could and, and youtube kind of took precedence over that just because I, I felt youtube would have been like a, a better investment of my time uh, at the time, uh, learning it and, and get really getting good at it. And, and so I was just focused on YouTube and gamers ready, YouTube and gamers ready. And, uh, every chance I got to talk to a team and like, Hey, look, you know, this is my resume. I'm still coaching. Like I didn't take a break. I'm, I'm still keeping practice. Um, I took it and eventually the Dignitas opportunity popped up and this is before they picked up Snasky. Uh, I applied for that position as well. And a couple months went by, I didn't hear anything. And so I finally reached back out to them and said, Hey, look, um, just curious if you guys have chosen someone, I haven't heard anything. Um, I understand if it's not me, but I would just, I'm anxious. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just curious. And they said, mm-hmm. yeah, we did make a decision. We haven't announced it yet. Unfortunately, it isn't you. However, you were like in the running, like it was very close. There was a lot of good candidates and you were one of them. Uh, and so I took that as a compliment. I was like, wow, you know, they, and they picked up Snasky. I was like, you know, what? he's an ex-professional player. Uh, he has the experience. So it, I can't be upset about him getting the job. Good for him. Um, and I took that as a compliment that I was up there in contention with someone like him. So I was just like, you know what? I'll just keep pushing it, keep pushing it. So uh, stuck with Gamers Ready still, kept doing it um, full time. I've, I've been doing Gamers Ready for like 30, 40 hours a week, every week. Um, just really, Jeez. really pushing it. 
uh, and just try again, trying to become the best that I can be at what I'm doing. Like, yes, it's, it's my job, but I'm also still practicing because I want to get better at what I do and, and be the best at it. So um, all that happened. And then, and then one day I saw uh, Complexity announced Snasky as their new coach. And, uh, and I was like, wait a minute. He coached Dignitas. That means that, you know, Dignitas doesn't have a coach. So literally the moment I saw that tweet, again, no waiting. Right away, I just I messaged the manager of Dignitas and said, hey, uh, I saw the announcement. I saw Complexity pick up Snasky. Um, sorry that, you know, you guys don't have him anymore, but does that mean you guys are in search of a new coach? Uh, she said, yes, we are. Um, and if you'd like a tryout, we'd like to give you one. So we did the tryout, things went well, and, and the rest is history. Nice. And yeah, it was, I mean, so, I was able to put on, sorry, I was just able to put on my resume, but I hadn't stopped. I just, I kept grinding. I kept doing coaching and I wasn't, you know, oh, I was a coach last year. You know what I mean? It was like, I was a coach last year professionally and i've been doing it since then for the community continuing practice so i'm, I'm not out of practice right you've been in the game the entire time right. and and that's another thing you never know when your opportunity is going to rise so staying in practice staying focused on the goal and staying in that lane is so important because you never know what is going to come and what opportunity is going to land at your feet and you want to be ready for it. Absolutely. I actually, that's something I talk about with, um, cause I have, I have, I mean, I, I'm a bit older, I guess, for the rocket league scene. There's a few people older than me. Yes. But most of them are younger than me. Um, I'm 23 and most of the people who are involved in the professional scene are teenagers. Um, and so a lot of them are still, you know, either in high school or fresh out of high school, don't have a lot of real job experience and stuff. Uh, and so one of the things I tell everybody like Seabass when I uh, tie an illusion, like when I was working with them was, um, you know, you, you can't like when, when Allegiant shut down, it was like some of the advice I gave them just because I was, I was their manager. I was older than them and I was their friend. I was just, again, trying to look out for them. Um, and, and they all they've all done great things on their own. They don't need me, uh, but I was just trying to help. And, and so one of the things I told them is like, you know, don't look at this as like uh, you don't have another chance, like keep grinding, keep pushing, because if the train comes and you don't have your ticket, you're not getting on it. Mm -hmm. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> nice. Well, so I, I have a few things that I want to talk about in terms of all of that coaching stuff. The first thing is that I'm curious about is, especially when you first started coaching, like you said, you were a grand champ, uh, but you know, the, the move from grand champ to a professional is very different. So uh, how did you, were you able to see things when you first started watching replays or how did your game evolve and you evolve as you watch more and more pro play to be able to, and like to be able to see, uh, you know, what could be fixed or what could be better. And then how did that help you in your own play? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the like I said, the first thing I did, I was not very confident in telling them what to do because they were all better players than me uh, and they knew it. And so I didn't want to say like, hey, this is what you should do. And them go, ah, no, that's dumb. Like, what are you talking about? And then they never want to listen to me in the future because uh, that one time that I'd said something dumb, they don't think I'm a good coach. And, and I don't think that they would have ever done that. But that was just like a fear of mine um, was that if I slipped up in the beginning that they, they wouldn't, they would then see me that way for the rest of the time. It's just like the guy who thought he knew what he was talking about, but didn't. Um, and so I really focused on knowing what I was talking about before I, I said anything to them. And that's why I took that first like four to six months of just like practicing it where 
I would watch scrims and I would study them and I would watch our play and I would watch teams that were better than us. Uh, and so I would just compare like our, our play to theirs and, and why are, why are we the lower tier pro team and why are they the higher tier? Um, and, and I also have always had this vision of essentially what perfect rocket league would look like. I've played soccer my whole life. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's kind of easy to imagine what perfect, uh, team play would look like in rocket league. Cause it's just soccer. Um, and so I understand soccer. I've been doing it for what well, did it for 18 years. I stopped out of high school, but I did it up until, you know, I graduated and sometime after as well. Um, so I just, I had an image of what it should look like and comparing that to the higher level pros uh, and then comparing that to us was just an easy way for me to just find ways to bridge the gap between the, the three. And so it was um, where, where are we at? Where is the team above us? And where is perfect Rocket League? Um, and, and so I was just able to slowly bridge the gap for us to the higher level teams and the higher level teams to that perfect rocket league look. And, and I think that's kind of always been the goal is just like, how can I get this to be a a perfect play? Like, how can we get this team to be the perfect team and always do everything right? And granted mistakes will always happen, but how can we minimize them? Um, and and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely impacted my play for sure. Learning from these guys. I learn. I mean, every day that I'm watching scrims and watching replays and stuff, like I learned so much about the game uh, on possibilities and what people are capable of and what, what I could do that I didn't know I could do uh, or what I should be doing and stuff like that. But uh, as far as understanding what should be done when I'm watching a replay, I can see, I think um, scenarios and understand them and understand how to fix them. And, and I've always been like the, uh, the fixer, like my whole life, I've just always tried to be the person who uh, fixes everything for everybody. So when I got into this position, it was just like, um, there's always a, there's always an answer. There's always a reason I just have to find it. And so I just, I spent as much time as I could finding the right answer. What is the difference between like where you guys were at the time and the next level above rocket league player or teams? Like what, what separated that? Uh, They were a team. Um, The the boys, when we first started, they were all three rookies and they were all known originally for being the 1v1 um, leaderboard grinders. They were all really, really good at ones. And they were just ones players. They were solo players. Uh, And so when they put a team together, they did well against other teams that were, you know, not as good as them as individual players. Uh, and, And to be honest, they got lucky. Um, they, they did get lucky qualifying for all CS. They'll tell you that if you ask them to, uh, it's not a dig. It's not an insult. It's just, it, it's the truth. They, they got really, really lucky with how it happened. And it, it was very fortunate and they've worked their butts off ever since to, to keep it that way. But in the beginning, there was definitely some luck involved. And so, uh, the difference between us and those other teams were just that they were playing as teams. They were playing as a cohesive unit, whereas we would play one by one by one. Um, we would just, you know, take turns playing the ball. And I just, I did as much as I could to try and get us to become a team and become a unit and become just kind of one thought process rather than three separate ones. How can somebody that is very focused on kind of more individual play um, transition into being more of a a team player then? Uh, Watch soccer, (laughs) like watch professional soccer. And if you look at professional soccer, uh, everybody is so selfless. Everybody is always looking for how they can keep the ball for their team, not how they can keep it for themselves. Uh, and, and so if you just are always looking for that way, you can, you can benefit your team as a whole 
you can add value to your team, your individual skill will always be there. Uh, but if you're looking to add value to the team, you'll find ways to use that individual skill in everybody's favor. Um, so don't stop focusing on yourself. Don't stop improving on your own just because you want to be a team player. Um, you always want to improve individually, because, especially in the esports industry, because you're never going to be on the same team forever. You're not going to be on the same uh, team for 10 years like, like the big athletes are in sports where they get like a hometown favorite and they stay there forever. Esports is just so volatile. You're even as the best player in the world, you're going to be switching teams uh, eventually. So you always want to be improving yourself. But on top of that, you have to focus on how you can add value to your teammates um, just as much as they can add value to you. And so what are some of the key characteristics of somebody or like a, a player like that? What are some things that a player could focus on uh, at any level to have that more style of play? Uh, prioritize possession. Like just how can I keep the ball? Like not I as, as myself, but how can I keep the ball for me or my team? Um, if you're always looking to just keep possession, eventually a, a scoring opportunity will open up because if you've got the ball the whole game, your opponents aren't going to score and you are. It's that simple. So if you can just like if, if you see an opportunity to shoot and there's three people in that, uh, your your odds of scoring that are really low and they're probably going to get possession off of it. So you might as well pass it over to somebody that can keep possession for your team. And, you know, even if it's going all the way back on defense and then bringing the ball all the way back upfield, as long as you held it the whole time, you're in control of the game and you, you've, you've kept possession for you or your team, you're going to get that opportunity. So don't think of uh, how can I score this ball right now? Think of how, how can I increase the odds of us getting a good chance to score again? Uh, how, can I, how can I increase the odds of us getting as many of those chances as possible? And so you would, you would advocate thinking about that at any level? Um, early on, like if you're just starting out, no. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't advise that you play the team game as much simply because players aren't going to be as experienced and they're not going to be looking for it. Um, personally, I started playing this game, like I said, with soccer experience. And so right off the bat, I was always looking for teammates. I was always trying to be a team player. And for so long, it held me back because I was just relying on my teammates' abilities to, to, to be successful. And I would just, I'd pass it to a teammate and, you know, it's their job to score it now. So it's not on me anymore. Um, and they wouldn't score it because they just weren't good enough. And, and so I'm not saying you should ball hog, but if you, you should prioritize your, your self-improvement so that you can, if you have to, be that, that selfish role where you can carry if your teammates aren't up to par with the level you need them to be to beat the team you're playing against. So when you're just starting out, I'd say the biggest focus before anything else should be mechanics. I think you should just learn what your car feels like, how to control it, what you can do with your car, what you can do with the ball, um, you know, how to control everything about your car from every position. And just focus on that mainly because it, you can be in the right place at the right time. But if you can't execute what you're supposed to, then being there is almost worthless. Um, and I did it the other way around. I did, you know, I was always focused on how can I be in the right place at the right time? doesn't matter if I can't air dribble it and put it in. If I'm there, I at least keep the ball for my team. I at least get possession and I can at least get a touch on it. But there were so many times where I should have been able to score something or I should have been able to do something I couldn't have because I didn't put the time into individual improvement. I was just so focused on being that team player. Yeah, no, I, I understand that completely. Now, I can't remember. Did you put out a video recently about 
card control? Um, not recently. Uh, depends on what you mean by that. But yeah, like in the last year, yeah, I did. I think it was like six months ago. Um, it was just a, a video on you know some ways that you can practice good car control, practice getting that car control um, coming from literally nothing. Like uh, it, it starts with the absolute basics. Like I, I start off giving advice saying like, learn how fast you drive when you hold down gas halfway or all the way. Or yeah. learn how, car, how far your car turns when you hold your joystick for a second versus two seconds or all the way versus mm-hmm. halfway. And so like it starts at the very basics and then it goes into and like, you know, this is, you can practice this to learn tornado spins. You can practice these maps to get better at like flying your car through obstacles and controlling yourself at any angle. Um, so it really, it does, it does start pretty much from nothing. So yeah, I, I, I did have a video where I talk about car control and how you can improve that. So I want to change it up a little bit. Uh, you put, you tweeted something either today or yesterday. I can't remember something about uh, a video. It was with a video about freestylers eventually going to be the next professional <laughs> players. Like the next professional players are going to be freestylers because of their mechanics. Yeah. Expand on that a little bit. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people are taking it the wrong way. The, the way that I'm seeing the reactions on Twitter uh, I think a lot of people are taking it as the assumption that, uh, or I'm implying that people are going to be freestyling in RLCS and people are going to be like, you know, better than the pros because they're freestyling. And I'm getting a lot of, oh, well, the de- the defense at that level is too good. They won't have the time to freestyle and this and that. Um, and, and that's not really what I meant with that. What I meant is the level of mechanics that these freestylers, are, that they have, is just they they can do anything at this point. There's just nothing they can't do. And so if they spent the time focusing on being that team player, focusing on how to play as a team, how to play competitively in threes and stuff, I think that if you combine that uh, experience of team play with the level of mechanics that they have, that they will be outplaying pros at some point to where it's not that they're going to be there freestyling uh, in RLCS, but they're going to be doing things that the pros don't do because they didn't see it as an option, because they didn't put the time into that specific mechanic like the freestylers do and, and there's freestylers push the boundaries of this game and they find things that that work where nobody else does and a lot of people like to credit um squishy with you know kind of inventing the ceiling shot but i don't think a lot of people realize that there was a lot of freestylers doing it well before squishy kind of popularized it um and, and like the flip reset flip resets the same thing like discovered by these guys who are just trying to find new cool ways to score and then the pros pick up on these these mechanics and find how to use them in professional play. And so I think it's the same thing. If, if you give a freestyler the mentality of a pro, they'll find somewhere that that mechanic works, that they've been working on behind the scenes forever that nobody knows about. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, free, like eventually you're going to see some big names, some big freestyling names uh, as pros because they, they're going to put the time in to be a competitive player and learn how to, to be smart on the field and not just do flashy things, but they're going to learn when certain flashy things are useful and when they're not. And with that control, they'll be able to execute whenever they want what they want to do. Right. And it even taking the flashy stuff out of it, but having the same freedom that a freestyler has is just something that some professional players don't right. have. It's that level of uh, creativity, that level of imagination where they're constantly pushing to find the next new thing that will work that nobody knows about. 
Um, and, and that's where I really think that's going to come into to play is like these freestyles are going to do things that people aren't expecting. And because like they have options in certain scenarios that nobody else has. So. And that's, I was just watching one of Squishy's uh, ones videos and I've, I've, played a lot of ones i'm trying to i am playing more ones right now because it's the best place to just you know show what you really have and and put yourself yeah, out there for sure and oh uh, it's it's both almost like it's a great mirror to show you like what you need to yeah. work on and at the same time like if you want to work on just staying calm in any situation, oh, yep. like Absolutely. if you, if you go, if you go on a long grind session in ones and can walk away with a smile in your face, I think you can beat anything. You can make it through <laughs> I would, anything. I would in have life. to agree with you there. Uh, I actually have a video of me doing once I lose and I'm not good at ones by any means. I'm, I'm barely grand champ. I constantly like drop out of it and get it back over and over. I'm a very inconsistent grand champion in ones. Um, and I go I, I go and play one slide lose. And I was like, man, this video is going to suck. It's going to be one game and it's going to be me losing. Uh, and I literally played ones <laughs> for an hour, like an hour and 15 minutes or something without losing. Um, and, and the wow. entire, like I, I, it's, it's all in a video and it's all just the entire time. I'm just calm the whole time. I'm just level headed. I'm, I'm thinking out loud and saying what I'm trying to do. And that mentality alone, I think is what, allowed me to win that many games because I don't, when I'm playing ones, I'm normally just quiet. Like I'm just sitting here. And then when something happens, I get frustrated. But when I was sitting there talking out loud and, and thinking out loud and, and speaking my thought process, everything had a reason. And so when I would get beat on something, it was like, you know what, I got beat because this is what I was trying to do. And that was the wrong decision or they just outplayed me there. And so it was just like, kind of like a reassurance of like, they didn't beat me because of, you know, just bull honky. It was just, they outplayed me or I outplayed myself. And I can fix that. I can get better at that. I know that I could have done it differently next time. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I totally agree that I think that if you can keep a level head in ones, that it's just going to help you, one, with playing the game more consistently, but two, yeah, like it's it's going to help you to understand that there's always a reason for stuff. Stuff doesn't just happen. You just have to find the reason and find how to fix it. I think that's the beautiful thing of Rocket League. And I think I'm like you because I, I grew up playing basketball. Like I love basketball. So I'm really, I look at rocket league more like a sport than I do a video game. And I know that if I put enough time into something and enough effort into it, like I can figure it out or I can get better or I can, you know, hone a skill that I didn't originally have. And there aren't a lot of video games that are like that sports. I've never played a game as hard as this game. I've never had to, put an hour aside on my schedule to practice bounce shots, to practice dribbling, to like to practice a certain skill in a game. I would just pick a game up and play it online and get better at it over time. But with Rocket League, I mean, yes, you can do that, but it's going to take way too long. And that's why like, it, it is such like so much like a sport. If you look at sports, these guys that are professional athletes don't just play basketball against each other all day. They go and they practice their dribbling. They practice their layups. They practice like their three pointers. They do it all individually. They practice and practice and practice. And so it's just, yeah, I'm right there with you. This is just so much of a sport more than it is a video game. You have to be able to invest the time into practicing and learning how to get better. Going back to Squishy Muffins a little bit, um, one thing I noticed with him is that 
I mean, him and I think Forky are two really good examples of this. Like they, they almost just like float around the field with the ball. Like going back to that ones video that I mentioned, Squishy just like, it's just like a perfect flow of him with the ball, wherever he goes or wherever the ball is going, like he goes and it's at such a fast speed. And I think that's what I realized uh, was one of my big struggles um, in ones and just improving in general. Cause right now I'm like at a champ one, high champ one, like low champ two in threes. And then I'm like in the middle of champ one, I could probably touch champ two if I wanted to in twos is that I am uncomfortable playing faster. And so I don't play fast, but to get better, I need to be able to play faster. Yeah. So everything with this game um, is, is always going to be a step back first because you have to pick up a skill you're bad at. And when you pick it up, you're going to suck at it. And while you're sucking at it, uh, it's going to ruin the rest of your skills because you're doing something you're not used to. Um, And you're, you're adding in this skill you're bad at. So you still have all the old skills you have before, And this is something I actually go over in my coaching sessions because after each coaching session, I tell them, look, you're probably going to rank down before you rank up. Uh, And, and, you know, you're going to feel like, what the heck? I just, you know, I I just had a session. I just told what got told the stuff that I was doing wrong and and how to fix it. And here I am trying to fix it. And I'm, I'm worse. Like this doesn't make sense. And it's just because while you're practicing something you're bad at, you're bad at it and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to suck at it. And you're making more mistakes than you're used to because you're doing something you don't normally do. And so instead of making those mistakes, you wouldn't be doing it in the first place. So you wouldn't be making those mistakes. But in order for you to, in the long run, get better at that skill, you have to make those mistakes. And so you have to take one step back. Uh, And Sunless does a good job of explaining this in one of his videos on, on the cycle of how you get better at this game. And it's you just, you start off, you suck because you're practicing something you're bad at. Uh, you get into this phase where you're like an absolute God because all of a sudden you got good at that skill. Um, and, and so now you're way better than everybody around you because you rank down, you have all these skills you had that got you out of that rank, plus this new skill that you didn't have before you even were in that rank. And so then you get back to your rank and then you breeze through it because now you've got this new skill that's pushing you past it. Uh, and then you get to the spot where okay, well, now everybody else can do that. So it's like, okay, well, now I'm back to square one. So I kind of, you know, I'm kind of plateauing. Okay, well, I have to pick up a new skill. Okay, well, then you suck again and you go back down a step and then you get good at it and you go back up too. And so it's just constantly one step back, two steps forward. I was actually talking with somebody at work today and uh, he is right on the cusp of champ one. Uh, and he said, you know, he was in that classic one game away from breaking into uh-huh. champ one phase. And he ended up losing and going back down to like div three uh, in diamond three. And it, it made me think I've, I've been thinking a lot about ranked. I actually just put out a video about ranked um, and like, you know, actually not paying attention to your rank when you're trying to rank up because your rank doesn't matter. It's Mm -hmm. the skill that you have and the skills that you don't that matter. Anyways. um, Thank you for agreeing (laughs) with that. Watch my video. It's my podcast. I can say that. Um, Anyways. uh, One thing that I said to him was that like, you don't really just have an MMR that you sit at. You're always in a specific range of Mm -hmm. MMR. Sometimes that happens to be across something uh, you know, that huge plateau of champ one to diamond three, like 
I've gone all the way up to champ two and been back down in diamond three. And that's just the way that it goes. Like sometimes you're playing really well, like perfect quote unquote perfectly for like where you are in your skill range. And sometimes you're playing a little bit worse and that's why you go down, but then you figure that out and then you go back up. But like, as you gain those skills that you talked about, your ceiling starts to get a little bit higher. And as you are working on that skill and trying to figure it out, it might go back down towards the bottom end of your range. But eventually, once you feel more comfortable, you'll start to get back towards the top of your range and right. push that range a little bit And the bottom of that more. range comes with it. As soon as you push the top, the bottom moves up with it. So, um, yeah. Amen. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just about constantly finding your boundary and then figuring out how to break it, taking that step to the bottom of it to practice it. And then you just, you go up the elevator, everything goes up. So I'm, I'm breaking kind of my own rule that I had set in my head, uh, for this podcast, yes, I, I, uh, I, in I that I wasn't, no, I'm just <laughs> yes, this is awesome. Um, but I, I told myself that I wasn't going to read chat. And when I mentioned, uh, playing fast, I can't help myself because Violent Panda <laughs> says that you don't have to play no. fast. Uh, now, not to say that I wouldn't pay attention to just anybody, <laughs> but Violent Panda saying something is kind okay, of a so, big deal. So, so let me so, elaborate on this because he... <laughs> please he, do. He's really smart. Like, and Violent Panda, if you're still out there, I, I would certainly love to have you expand on that. Uh, and I can read he, it out he, as well. But go ahead. I'm interested to hear what you yeah, have to say about he, that. He's really smart. Like he's a player who's always pride, like been uh, proud of the fact that he is a smart player. And, and I, I think that he's rightfully so proud of that because he is very smart. Um, well, and he's he has a few yeah, championships one, one, under his belt. He one probably, or two, yeah. <laughs> he knows he knows a little yeah, bit about the game. Um, Anyways, so it's not go that ahead. you don't have to be fast because to him, like fast to him is very different for like uh, then fast to a champ one. Um, and, and so like yes. fast to him, I would imagine is that he is saying, you don't have to be faster than everybody on the field. You don't have to be moving faster. You don't have to be getting to balls quicker um, than everybody else in the field. But one thing you do have to do is read the game faster than everybody else. Um, yes. And I think, I think if that sure. is the way that champ ones and champ twos and stuff see playing fast is, how does he know it's going to bounce like that so quickly? How does he know he's going to get challenged there? How does he know to flick it right then? And like stuff like that is fast to a champ one or champ two, but to somebody like Panda, that's just obvious. Like you should just do that because it makes the most sense. It's not being, you don't have to do it quickly. You just have to do it when you see that you have to do it. And, and I don't see that it, you know, I don't do it fast. I don't flick fast. I just, I flick at the right time. I, I'm smart about it. So I think that there's a little bit of a gap of understanding for the level that he's at because fast might mean moving faster because everybody is on the same uh, like level essentially where it's just like everybody reads the game that fast. Everybody knows when it's going to bounce, when they're going to get challenged and all that kind of stuff. And so fast to him is just doing all that, but fast, like moving fast and, and fast to a champ one or two is just like seeing everything develop so quickly and anticipating everything way before it happens. And that's something that I, I kind of figured out towards, well, very recently for myself, because like 
everybody in the game is only capable of going supersonic. Right. That's yep. literally as fast as you you can go. You can't go any faster than that unless you go, you know, you are going supersonic and using all your boosts and you go what like 0.4 percent yeah. <laughs> faster or something like that something like not some, some number that only matters so, if you're like right on somebody's butt and you're trying to demo them <laughs> exactly like something that is negligible so what is really important or what comes what becomes more important is being able to read the ball off the wall bounces things of that nature faster than right. your opponents yeah absolutely so and, and I've said it in previous podcasts that I feel like that is an extremely important distinction to make even for somebody that's in platinum or diamond or even silver in champion. Yes, like I, I actually cutting, I, I asked um, cu- this question. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead. No. Oh, I was just going to say like I think some people have the idea or even me like – the the idea of playing fast is sometimes like cutting mm-hmm. rotations or turning when you necessarily shouldn't or you know being supersonic and making reckless uh attempts at Quickly, the ball or yeah. attacks on the ball or challenges faster than you normally would when really you're just getting yeah. in the way of the rotation and the natural flow yeah, of the actually, game that's a question i ask a lot in my sessions is like for players that are like kind of below the champ three champ two areas i ask them what does playing fast mean to you I'll, that's like word for word i say what does playing fast mean to you um and most of them answer with something like uh jumping faster getting to the ball faster or <clears throat> taking my shot faster always moving fast always being supersonic always having boost um and and i have to stop them and i'm like you know like the reason why people think that is playing fast is because when they look at a player that is fast by definition, like the real definition, which I'll get to in a second, when they look at a player who is fast, they see them getting to the ball that they're supposed to get to right when they need to. They see them setting up their shot right when they need to. They see them always having boost when they need it. And they just automatically associate that with, they're just doing everything faster than I am. Um, And that's not the case playing fast in, in reality is playing efficiently. If you play efficiently, you'll always be in the right place at the right time. You'll always have enough boost. You'll always uh, get to the ball first when you need to get to it first because you're in a better position, a more efficient position than your opponent. And so it's not that somebody's moving across the field faster than you, but that's how it's perceived because when you look at it, it's like, man, how did he get there so fast? He must be moving fast. He must be boosting the whole time. He must be just doing something faster than I'm doing it. And it's more so just the the understanding of they don't waste time doing anything that they don't need to do. They don't waste time using boost. They don't waste boost when they don't need to be using it. They don't waste time going for a ball they shouldn't be going for. And they don't waste time rotating somewhere they shouldn't be. And so they're always where they need to be. They always have boost and they always get the hits they need. And so it comes off as fast, but it's truly just efficiency. Yeah, it it really does make such a difference and it's it's hard to um tell a difference sometimes like i've watched so many squishy gameplay videos on youtube and for the longest time like didn't realize the differences in between how he plays and how i i will say think that i'm playing 
because like it it almost feels like you're playing the game when you're watching somebody play it uh so it's it's hard to tell right, so, oh, I would that, do that that's that's exactly what i would how, do how how efficient exactly how efficient they're playing and like you watch enough squishy videos you almost know how he's going to play but then when you turn around and do it yourself it's completely yeah, different absolutely it's just it's very easy to look at a play and go oh that's the best thing that that you should do so yeah of course i would do that because i i always make the best decisions <laughs> um, so yeah right but then when you get into the actual game it just doesn't turn yeah, out that way you at don't all. notice it because you're so focused on what's going to happen next not what has happened so you don't notice your mistakes you're like yeah we're waiting to see what happens next you're like oh i made that mistake but what's going to happen next like i have to focus on what i can do next and but when your teammates make a mistake it's like oh crap they've just changed my entire thought process because now I have to adapt to their mistake and it's all, it's their fault. Um, so it's, it's very, it's very hard to notice <laughs> your own mistakes for that reason, because when you make a mistake, you don't have the time to think about it. You don't really see it. You're just thinking, what can I do to make up? What can I do to, to be in a better spot than I am right now? But when your teammate makes a mistake, you're like, man, I was in a good spot. Great. You just ruined it. It's your fault. So. And I think again, going back to being able to read the game, and read the ball like you know i can rotate all the all the way back and be ready to make that next move but if the ball goes in a place that i'm not comfortable going to or responding to like that changes everything where there aren't that many situations in the game of rocket league as it's played right now that squishy uh or you know most pros i don't want to completely fanboy over over <laughs> squishy but I mean, he's a good example just because I've watched yeah, him play got, so much from his perspective. To watch. Not a lot of people do. Yeah. That, uh, you know, there's not that many things that put him in an uncomfortable situation on a consistent yeah. basis. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the one thing that I've kind of discovered for myself recently. And I've been trying to do in my ones play because, you know, it's all about what I can do with the ball playing ones and how fast I can do it. And then in free play, you know, just banging around the ball and chasing after it. And right now it is just banging around the ball and getting used to flying after it, hitting it right. again, flying after it, trying to collect it and Cover control it, it and take possession, as you said, exactly. But eventually that will turn into, you know, the ball going up the wall and me going up the wall very fast, turning it into an air dribble or a flip reset or a double touch right. or anything like it's an, it's an evolution. Right. And I think having the willingness to be patient enough to go along for that journey of evolution is what takes people from where they are to where they think they could be or are supposed to be or should be depending on how yeah, you look at definitely. it. Um, I talk about that a lot as well as like when players are, when I notice a player mechanically is uncomfortable with a certain position, meaning like they struggle to control their car when they are facing a certain direction towards their camera or something of that nature. Like I tell them, go into free play, hold yourself in the air as long as you can and throw yourself around randomly. If you can keep yourself in the air, you are comfortable in every position. But if you ever find yourself falling to the ground, there is a position you're uncomfortable in. And I call those blackout moments and find your blackout moments, figure them out, find out what you did the last time you had one and don't do that ever again um, in that position. And over time, you will eventually learn all the ways not to handle that situation 
and the one way to handle it will just be so obvious that you'll do it every time. So did you get that from Kevpert or did Kevpert get that um, from you? I'm sure that I don't remember getting it from Kevpert, but I'm sure that I got it from Kevpert if anyone got it from anyone because uh, Kevpert has, has had a huge influence on me um, when I when I started this game. Oh, yeah. I, I used to watch all his tutorials because, I mean, he was the only one making them. He was the only person out there helping people get better. And again, that's like one of the things is like I, I just saw myself like, man, if I could do this for people, I would. So, I mean, here I am now. You know, unfortunately, Kevpert doesn't make videos as frequently as he used to. Uh, and so, like, I've yeah. kind of picked up the torch, I guess, where he left off with helping people as much as I can and just trying to create as much educational content as I can. But a lot of it comes from what I learned from him. So um, I probably got it from him, if anything. But genuinely, uh, I was, you know, under the impression it was something that just kind of clicked for me. Um, it was just like, this is an uncomfortable spot. What can I do to fix it? Well, and uh, I mean specifically calling it a blackout okay. moment because uh, I was just I just recorded this weekend with Hunted, uh, a, a rival, a caster in the community, and he's he mentioned a Kevpert video and saying calling something a blackout moment. So that's the second time I've okay. heard that in I mean, know, I, three days. I, so I thought heard that it was from him first, and just, just kind of stuck with it. So yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, I've watched yeah. all his videos. It's a great way to <laughs> it's a great way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, I agree, definitely. Well, I I want to respect your time. Uh, I know that you have somewhere else that you have to get going, and and uh, obviously, I appreciate already having as much time as we've been able to spend together. Um, so before we get going, there are a couple things that I usually. Uh, let my guests do. Um, the first one would be uh, sharing any final thoughts that you might have uh, about the game of Rocket League or anything at all uh, that might tie into our conversation or be completely different. Uh, just anything that you feel in your gut that you just would like to share right now to uh, the folks that are listening out there. Um, if you like this game, don't give up. <laughs> it is the hardest game I have ever played. Uh, it is the most mentally taxing. It is the most, even though it's a video game, it's the most physically demanding with some of the mechanics that are involved, how quickly you have to move your hands, how quickly you have to think, um, and how much you have to practice. And so don't get discouraged because you don't feel yourself getting better in a day or two days or whatever. Uh, this is a long-term game. You have to put time into it. I've been playing this game for four years. Uh, and I have over 6,000 hours and I still learn something completely new every single day um, that I had no idea existed. So you, you can't give up on this game if you really enjoy it and you really want to get better. It's one of those things that you have to take on as, as you know, a, a multiple year long hobby for it to really uh, uh, kind of pay off in the sense uh, of improvement. Um, and, and once you get to that level where it's just you can control your car in any way you want to. Uh, which I'm not saying I can, but for the most part, give me a position and I can get out of it. Um, and, and so once you get to that point, this it becomes a whole different game. And it's just, it's not even the game that you picked up when you first started playing. It, it, every time you learn something, it's just a new game every time. So uh, it, it, it's so much more fun, the better you get. So stick with it. And <clears throat> that's that's really what I found as, you know, when I find something that frustrates me and I take the time to get better at it and the first time I execute so it in a game, <laughs> oh my God, like there is, there is not many feelings better 
than Hitting just your like first flip reset or your first air dribble, your first flick. Just yeah, oh, yeah. I had the best doomsy <laughs> dish the other night on stream. Unfortunately, it was into my own goal, but it looked it Some looked of the so best goals, good. Unfortunately, do end up as own goals. You you should just I mean if if you talk to any of the guys that I played with consistently, they would tell you that I am the best <laughs> own goaler that is in but the if, game of Rocket League. If, Some of the redirects that I get are just goal, insane. You can do it on the other one. I there's just something about I don't know, hitting the ball backwards <laughs> that I'm just extremely I don't do it as much as I used to, but man, some of the own goals that I've had are you ridiculous. Start backwards. <laughs> I know, right? Just tell myself I'm on the wrong team, and I would—I'll probably end up being pro yeah, in no time at all. Just start picking for everything. <laughs> uh, all right. So, part two of shutting down the episode uh, is—I uh, always let my audience, or excuse me, my guests, ask a question of the audience. So anything that you're curious about that you would like to throw out to the Rocket League uh, community that I've built around this podcast, you can you can shoot that out right now. Um, I mean, I'm always looking for help and getting better at what I do. And, and if you guys ever have suggestions on a, a video that you think would be helpful or, or something you want to see that, that would make it, you know, the game easier for you, like I'm always taking suggestions. I'm always accepting help. Um, I know that I'm not the best at what I do, and there's always something I can be better at. Uh, so if there's ever something you think that I could be better at, what is it? I want to hear it. You know, what, what's the next tutorial you want to see? What's, what's the next mechanic that you want to learn that makes the game easier for you? What's the next, uh, you know, advice that you want to get from me that I can, you know, put the time? Because I, I can afford to. This is my job. I can afford to put the time into, into finding a way to explain it so that it makes sense to somebody who doesn't get it at all. Um, so whatever, I mean, if you guys have any suggestions at all, feel free. Nice. Yes. Please, uh, get back to Verge and let him know how he can be better help, at his help job me because help you he, <laughs> help him help you help me. All right. Well, that's great. Definitely, uh, hit Verge up. And speaking of hitting Verge up, where can people find you on the, I mean, most people that are going to listen to this podcast already know who you are, but just for the sake of going through the motions, where can people find you? Out uh, on so the I'm internet? most usually active on Twitter, uh, Verge RL. Um, usually on Twitter, I check it every day. I, I, I try to post every day. I always try to give some advice or some kind of tip on, on Twitter or something if I can um, with a clip behind it. Um, hit me up on Twitter. My DMs are always open. Um, Hit me up on YouTube. I read every single comment. If you go to my YouTube channel, every single comment has a heart because I let everybody know that I read their comment because I read every single one of them. Uh, comment on my YouTube channel. I've, I've literally had conversations with people that last three or four days on YouTube uh, because I just I check the comments and they posted another. Like I've got this guy recently who's been hitting me up on YouTube just asking me how my day is <laughs> every day. So um, just I, I read them all. Hit me up on YouTube, Twitter. Um, Instagram, I'm not so active on, but I do have one. It's uh, Verge underscore RL. Uh, if you want to kind of get more personal, like to know me more personally with, with me and Katie and Bruno, uh, I post more of my life stuff on there than, uh, than Rocket League. I've been posting a little bit of Rocket League lately, but it is mainly for some, some real life stuff. Um, Twitch, same thing, Verge, Verge RL. Uh, I'm, I'm streaming more, streaming more. YouTube kind of took over, but 
we're getting the hang of it. It's getting a little bit easier. So I'm starting to stream again. Um, but yeah, I know you were putting a lot of time into those YouTube videos. I saw a lot of tweets about this video is taking me so <laughs> long. time consuming, but I just, I know, like, I, I just want to make a video that will last. I want to make a tutorial that doesn't age. So I just, I, I try to put as much effort into them as I can to make it as easy to understand for the viewer. And I, I really don't want it to be a video that somebody is watching to learn. I want it to be a video somebody's watching to enjoy and they just so happen to learn something. So I do put, a, I do put a lot of hours and a lot of effort into those videos. So unfortunately they take a long time, but I, I think that the, the trade-off is worth it. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean the value that the community gets is obviously significant. So the time and effort goes, I mean, it's, it's obviously well-received based on how well-received you are. Yeah, and, I, and I appreciate everybody. Like I, I couldn't do what I do without the support of everybody behind me. So I never pictured myself in a position like this and it's every day I wake up, it's, it's surreal to even think that this is the position I'm in. So I'm like eternally grateful for what I get to do. Nice. Well, uh, I am grateful for you again, being willing to, uh, stomach all of my <laughs> messages and my persistence and in, in making this actually happen. And I forgot to do it at the beginning of the show, uh, but shout out to Corelli for being kind enough to make the connection. I appreciate that as well, my friend. You are a stand-up guy. Uh, so thank you again for that. Uh, Verge, uh, this has been a real treat. I appreciate you being willing to do this. Hopefully we can do it again uh, sometime because I know that people always appreciate hearing from you. And it's a little bit different of an atmosphere. So we can kind of dig into things a little bit more, which is cool. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Be sure to hit up Verge on the internet and let him know uh, how he can help you because obviously he wants to do that. Check out Dignitas uh, out there on RLCS happening right now every weekend. I think they're are one and one or two and one, one right and now. One. Yep. One and one. All right. So still in the running. I mean, the team looks like they are gelling extremely well right now. So I think you guys have to be feeling um, pretty yes good. Yes and no. They're, we we, <laughs> we, we, we are, uh, I mean, maybe to the viewer, it looks like we're gelling, but we have so much that we know we need to work on and we're actively working on it every day. So there's just, I mean, obviously they're one of the best teams in the world. They wouldn't be where they're at if they weren't, but uh, there's just every day we're getting better every day. And so we're just excited every day to, to see what, what the next day holds and, and how we can get better. So, um, we're excited for the future because we know we're always going to be better than we were yesterday. Nice. All right. Well, thank you again. Uh, and as always, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate everybody out there. Hit us up. Let us let me know what you think. Verge, thank you. And I am going to cut off the show right there. And if you happen to be live with us, uh, I'm going to shut that down here in just a little bit as well. So thank you again to everybody. Uh, this has been a real treat. And Make sure you I'm going to go. the stream if you want to catch bye. the next one. Oh, hey, <laughs> look at this guy. Yeah, follow me on Twitch too. And I forgot about <laughs> me. I wanted just Tom everywhere. Please follow me. That's all. Okay, I'm going to stop this. <laughs>